Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah! Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going today. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 84 of Top Rope Nation, your source for the best professional wrestling talk. My name is Ryan Drosty of comicbook.com. I am happy to report I am joined once again by both of my co-hosts this evening. Let me throw it out immediately over across town to the biggest Boston Celtics fan I know, Mr. Justin Joint. What's going on, Justin? Not much, but it was certainly an ideal trade deadline for the Celtics. I I didn't even see what happened with the Celtics. Honestly, I haven't been following the last couple hours. Anything exciting happen? Uh, Anthony Davis didn't get dealt. Which uh, means the Celtics have a shot at him now. Okay, is he on their list now of or on his list of acceptable teams? Nah, but once he wins a title next season, he'll want to resign. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Kyle Ross, who's in uh, basketball Siberia with his Cleveland Cavs, along with my Chicago Bulls. Kyle, hoodies up to represent the cold weather that is coming for Cleveland. What's going on? Not much. Uh, And I've got no inside reference this week. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to go contrarian on me this week? Oh, I might. I just see enough for granted. I don't think that's on the inside anymore. I'm I'm sure you will. So, uh, like I said, it's episode 84, Top Rope Nation. If you like the show, go ahead and hit us up on iTunes. If you're watching here on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Um, We've got a lot of new viewers as of last week, so that's been exciting to see. So hit the subscribe button, like the video, let us know what you think of the show down in the comments. And, of course, check us out on all the podcasting services, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever podcasts are found and of course toprope as well so guys we kind of know what back. i was gonna say yeah go I ahead know what i was gonna say now now that we're back to the original lineup i can go back to being the best looking man in the top rope nation oh man <laughs> justin would you agree i don't i doubt he's ever been on a billboard oh that is true 
That is very true. Shots <laughs> fired. Justin Joint featured prominently on more than one billboard in his day. <laughs> in fact, one time I was buying a new car and I'm just sitting there like in the cubicle and I look out the window and my God, Justin Joint across the street is looking down at me from a billboard. True story. True story. So, Justin, we're happy to get your good looks back on the broadcast this evening. Are you feeling better, by the way? Uh, Better. Not great. Yeah, I can tell. He's, he's been under the weather. Couldn't join us last week. We had a pretty good show with Chris Van Vliet. So, if you guys haven't checked that out, definitely hit it up. Um, Looks better than Jericho. What's that? Looks a lot better than Jericho. Oh, man. Yeah, we're going to get to that because uh, we pushed back the recording tonight because of the double or nothing pool party in las vegas and so nobody wanted the pool <laughs> it's 45 degrees in las vegas tonight uh very oh. chilly um uh, might surprise some people but yes it does get cold in the desert in february at, in the evening hours so um i just i guess right away i just want to get your guys thoughts on what we saw i thought it started off pretty good uh with cody and the bucks now i will say i think AEW's got to do something about their broadcast team and uh not not the best broadcast team there. I don't know if you guys would agree, but Alex Marvez and uh, Conrad. What's that? The production overall, I thought, needed a little bit of work. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't the most exciting broadcast, um, but it's sort of okay. They had like the star power with Cody and the Bucks out there right away. Then it kind of took a nosedive for a while. They brought out some people, some women's wrestlers that I don't think everyone was familiar with. They brought out some uh, Chinese wrestlers. Um, they announced their working relationship with AAA, which is a pretty big deal out of Mexico. They'll be bringing in some luchadors. Pento was on the show. Of course, that, that was a big signing for them. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of hit a lull. And then finally, at the end, we got what everyone was hoping for. Kenny Omega came out and soon after Chris Jericho to attack him. So uh, let's just go around the horn here and see what were your first impressions of the uh, pool party. So, Kyle, you were speaking out. What did you think, Kyle? My impression was it was very much a vehicle for a promotion that has no TV to set up a major show. And that's what it was. Like, I don't think it was anything. The most interesting thing to me is, again, that dirty word expectations. It's kind of funny because this was a show built on, quote unquote, surprises or a press conference, if you will, built on surprises. But None of it was very surprising. Like, I think everyone was just assuming we were going to get what we got. You know, we knew the Lucha Brothers signed. We knew Omega was coming. Um, so I, I don't really necessarily think, you know, even the best friends, we knew that was a done deal. So th that's an interesting thing moving forward to watch with this promotion because it caters to such an quote-unquote insider audience. You know, when people know a lot of what's coming, you know, it's not that surprising. So I think if people were waiting to be shocked, wowed, it to be some earth shattering thing in the history of pro wrestling, you're probably feeling left disappointed. But as a vehicle to set up the Double or Nothing show, I think it was okay. It's fine. Did you think the, the set up matches, like four matches? Yeah. Now, what I was going to ask is do you think the matches they set up? Um, and the names they had out there before Kenny came out was good enough to sell at the MGM Grand because I kept thinking 
it wasn't, I don't know, it was kind of underwhelming. And I, I was I was starting to wonder, like, is this actually going to sell out? And they definitely need Kenny to sell out. And well, they got I, Kenny. Apparently, the, you know, the website, like, crashed. I mean, there's interest. I mean, I don't think they should be concerned right now about interest. Yeah, I, but they do need a strong lineup to sell. What is it, 15,000 tickets? MGM Grand's probably holds right yeah, around. Yeah, and I, I don't know if, you know... Even with Kenny, I, I, Kenny and Jericho too. I don't know if that's enough to do substantially better business than they were already going to do. Yeah, but Kenny, you know, Kenny is that that big name out there right now that is going to draw a lot of people. Like he's right now, he's the biggest name in the promotion easily. I think among wrestling fans. Now Jericho obviously has been around for a long, long time, okay. but Kenny Omega is way hotter than Chris Jericho I, right now. Well, I, I just think the promotion itself was going to be the draw. I, I don't know if with Omega on Jericho, like Omega versus Omega versus Jericho draws substantially better than Omega versus whomever. And I don't but, know. If, but I don't it, even know. I don't know if Kenny on top draws better than what they were going to do. Yeah, like, I was going to say the concept I, there. I, I, Kenny's on the show, right? Without I don't Kenny, know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know without Kenny. I mean, what, I guess, what happens? I mean, I guess just because he's another big name. I don't know if it's Kenny specifically. I think right now the interesting thing is who's Cody working. Yeah. Yeah. What's your take on all this, Mr. Justin joint? Uh, I'm going to warn everybody that I, I'm, I'm tired and grumpy, but <laughs> goodbye and good night is the lamest sing along catchphrase I've ever heard in my life. Goodbye mwah, and good night. Bang. <laughs> That music wasn't that, good either. That that was my big takeaway. Yeah, that's the song they use on being the lead at the end. So, um, I don't know. I I was excited to see him. I expected him to sign there. I think they need him. Uh, they advertise him as like one of the executive vice presidents. Of course, he's going to be one of the guys in charge. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, as Kyle mentioned, their website they announced during the broadcast had crashed because they unveiled that you have to go on there to register for a pre-sale. And then on, I think, Monday, they'll send you a, a link or a password to buy tickets before the general on sale, which I think is Wednesday. Could be a mistake. Sometime next week. So that's May 25th, which I think is a Saturday evening, uh, their first show, and then they'll be rolling forward, and hopefully they got a television announcement before then. Uh, seems like that's coming fairly soon, within the next month or two, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, they have to unveil a whole lot more shows after that. We know maybe Seattle's coming. They announced Jacksonville, and um, if you follow them on Twitter... They have followed a lot of kind of like medium-sized arenas around the country. So maybe that's a, a tip of where they're considering running. So uh, we'll what see do what happens there. Mega Jericho is the main event. Like, I don't think, you know, because it's already been done, I think that hurts it. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's a certain irony towards the level of worship Jericho gets because he's involved with this promotion and not WWE. I, there's a lot of irony there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a year and a half ago, it was a hot program in Japan. They did it at the Tokyo Dome. There'll be interest. I mean, I think I think it'll help them sell some tickets. And now, like, if 
Kenny hadn't signed, which again, I expected him to sign. But if for some reason Kenny hadn't signed, I would have been worried about them selling out 15,000 tickets. Maybe that sounds crazy. I don't know. But I felt like they needed a little more star power than they had, especially during the the ticket party tonight, during that middle section when it really kind of got to a lull and was kind of underwhelming, I thought. So um, it was long. It was, you know, an hour press conference. Yeah, but there was just more. I mean, I guess it was probably a little over a half hour, the one they did in Jacksonville in the parking lot. There was more excitement about that one. Maybe it's because it was the first one, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, that one seemed more exciting to me than uh, than this one did. But uh, then again, they'd already inv- unveiled some of the roster, you know, in Jacksonville before they got to Las Vegas, so that changed some I mean, things. A little bit. I mean, again, this was a I'll call it a show, for lack of a better term, built around surprises that actually weren't surprises. Like I don't think anyone that watched this press conference was surprised by anything despite the fact that everything was billed as a surprise. Yeah. You know, and I mean, Conrad with his, you know, Tony Schiavone-esque, you know, I don't know if you picked <laughs> that up from Tony for the podcast. That wasn't part of the show. I mean, come on, Conrad. You're talking about when the when the Bucks got attacked. Yeah. 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 And he's like, that wasn't part of the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he has the successful podcasting gig, so I, I can't knock him there. He's way more no, successful podcaster than I am. But... Man, as a as a broadcaster and a wrestling show, I don't know. And the way he brings out the podcast lines there, the rumor and innuendo, I don't know how many times he said that. We got to ditch that. It's a, it's a popular catchphrase. I'll tell you, he has a very nice smile, though. <laughs> That's true. So does Mr. Justin Joint when he's not grumpy, I got to say. <laughs> seen, it on the, seen it on the billboard. So, guys, what do we think? Let's transition to WWE. So... I guess I think the main thing we wanted to talk about was the continuing evolution of the women's match that's going to main event WrestleMania most likely and what happened with Becky and Ronda this week and Charlotte's involvement and everything. And so um, they're really working. I, there's been a lot of talk about this, obviously, on Twitter and everything with uh, the whole Steve Austin comparisons. And they're really working that same kind of story that Austin had in 97 with we can't let you compete. You're injured. That's what we saw with Becky this week when uh, Stephanie came out. She, Becky refused to be examined by the doctor. She got suspended, right? Uh, she shows up on SmackDown the next night, goes face-to-face with Triple H. Maybe Becky Triple H should main event WrestleMania. That was that was a pretty awesome segment, I thought. What did you think about all this, Kyle? Both segments were great. And they're, yeah, I mean, it is liberally being borrowed from the Austin angle in 97, but you know, that was led to the most successful period in company history. So if you're going to borrow something, why not from there? Um, I like what they're doing with the worked knee injury. Uh, you know, I thought triple H in particular was absolutely tremendous in getting the angle over. I mean, just, I, although it's funny, there was one thing, did you catch it that he did? Had he said it to one of the internet's favorites, oh, would people have been up in arms when he just kind of told Charlotte to take a hike? Yeah. Can you imagine if the shoe was on the other foot and he told Becky to take a hike? Whining and complaining that would have ensued? Like, it's, it was fine because Charlotte was kind of being a chicken shit heel anyway. Mm-hmm. And it worked. And the issue was between Triple H and Becky. But, you know, how many times do we hear the melts at all? You know, again, you're making the talent subservient to the authority figures we hear that a lot you didn't yeah. hear that particularly but he did a great job kind of conveying you know and he and he really healed himself with his whole take on what becky's 
he thought Becky's character was doing. I thought it was excellent. Um, so, you know, obviously the big focus now is will Charlotte be added to the match? And the irony is I don't think it matters at all. I think it's a if, – if people are going to, like, make it a hill to die at, I just think they're using the wrong hill because at the end of the day you're getting the same results anyway. Yeah. Becky Lynch at the end of WrestleMania is going to be the women's champion. And something – one last point that's I really like uh, obviously, we've got two months to WrestleMania. Is that we've got a very clear-cut main event for this WrestleMania? After the last two, three years, it's kind of been like, yeah, what's the main event of this show? What should go on last? WrestleMania works best when it has a clear-cut main event, and there is no doubt what the main event of this show is going to be. Oh yeah, no matter if it's a triple threat or a one-on-one. Yeah. Um. So we've been really high on Becky Lynch on this show for a long time, way before this, you know, current explosion with her character. But uh, I got to say, one of the people I know who's always been really high on Becky Lynch is Justin. So I want to get his thoughts on how this is progressing, what he thinks about Charlotte possibly being added to the match. And what did you think of the segments this week, Justin? Um, Well, being sick, I didn't get to watch him. I I just kind of read about what was happening. And from what I I read... um, you guys kind of already pointed it out. It it's very familiar to Stone Cold in a, <clears throat> but it's good. It seems to be working. Uh, as long as the crowd is reacting to it, that's all you can really ask for. Um, I am not near as down on triple threats as a lot of other people. I like them, um, and I think if this is going to main event, I think adding Charlotte in there to add as much star power as possible to it is a good thing. And I really, I listened to last week's episode and I really liked the point of, uh, you know, if Rhonda's going away, you really do want that second person in there to add at least a little bit of mystery to who's going to end up winning the match. Because otherwise you end up with a, you know, a Goldberg-Lesnar situation. Yeah, I completely agree. I think if Rhonda's leaving, for sure, yeah, I think you have to have Charlotte involved to avoid that situation. If Ronda's sticking around, I would much rather have it be a singles match, but Becky Lynch being in there is going to prevent that from going off the rails and being like Goldberg. There's no way that that this turns into that. So Uh, if it was a singles match, yes, no Becky Lynch being in the match, like the, the reason that deteriorated the way it did, I assume you're talking about the WrestleMania 20 version is no one liked any WrestleMania 20. Both guys were leaving. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was no Bible. People, I mean, the whole key to WrestleMania is Becky Lynch getting the title. And regardless, she's getting the title. So people are going to be happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Justin. I I was just going to, do you have any concern that uh, Vince McMahon does a reversal when he thinks maybe the ending gets a little too predictable? No. No? Not even maybe put it on Charlotte? I think they'd be insane to do that. Admittedly, <laughs> I thought there was zero chance Brock Lesnar was walking out of the Superdome last year with the title, but no. I could I could see I, it. I could definitely see it if it becomes we got two months of build and it's so obvious for two months. I mean, I could see I mean, him I could see it happening. Man, I mean, I mean if what they did and who they put her with in those two segments didn't clue you in how high they are on Becky Lynch, I don't really know what else they can do. So let me ask you. So do you guys, because this has been the big criticism and I referenced to this. And, and the ago. triple threat, by the way, if with the whole triple threat, the match probably actually would be better 
like as a match with Charlotte in there, as opposed to just a what standard one on one match. Yeah, possibly. Um, but I wanted to say, did you do you guys have any problems with them like borrowing stories they've used in the past? Because this has been the big criticism on Twitter with the Austin comparison. It's and it is almost like a direct rewrite. What do you guys think about people criticizing that they shouldn't be doing the exact same thing? Game problems borrowing a storyline that worked 22 years ago, Justin? No, because it's not for just the people that you know grew up in the Attitude Era. I I would make a pretty safe assumption that pro wrestling has been doing this since you know the very beginning. I mean, that's everything is a ripoff of something else. Yeah, Kyle. I mean, what what did Cordette call it? The seven year rule. I mean, it's this is 22 years. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't have any problems with it. I think people it's, borrow it's, from it's the past doing all the really time. well. And it's been, I mean, it's really good. So, I mean, how often do they remake movies in Hollywood? You know, same story, different actors, but people still want to see it, you know, see how that how that movie goes with the new actors. So, I, I liked the all women Ghostbusters. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> the latest remake I saw was A Star is Born with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Great movie. Uh-huh. You guys seen that? No, not yet. Definitely need to see it. Very good. So, but yeah, that's the point is they, they remake stuff all the time. I, I have no problem with it. It's been two decades. So just wanted to throw that out there. All right. So uh, moving on down our agenda here, I guess we probably should have hit this a second ago, but there's been all these rumors about uh, WWE talents interested in AEW. Sometimes I think people are kind of stretching with these reports because, like, obviously people are interested in AEW. You can't have a, a report, label it an exclusive, that a big star is open to signing with AEW because I'm sure most of the big stars would be somewhat open to it. They, they would be interested in what they have to say. Um, so the story going around this week, and then I think Fightful had that it was Randy Orton. or Randy Orton had said something like, yeah, he... He'd be open to listening to them. Like, I'm not really sure that's a story. I think, like I said, well, a lot of people would be interested in it. Who was it? Was it the Wrestle Votes? It was Wrestle Votes. Yeah. What was the first one that said, "Oh, that they've re- that AEW's reached out to a, a Hall of Fame caliber WWE person," which I think is tampering, by the way. Uh, but maybe that's a different story for a different day. And then, yeah, Sean Ross Sapp. He, he later broke it on his podcast that the person indeed was Randy Orton. Sure, that was hilarious. To be honest, but, but the way, yeah, but the way Sap wrote it was that I'm looking for that original tweet right now. Was that like Orton just expressed to like fellow WWE guys backstage, like, yeah, I might be interested. It wasn't really that AEW was reaching out to him, uh, which would well. would definitely be legal tampering. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. That'd be illegal. Um, their report said, let's see. Seems like the first real shot has been fired. Source says AEW has made an outstanding offer to a current big-time WWE superstar, an offer that is almost too good to turn down. Things are really about to get interesting. So I think that wasn't exactly accurate. Yeah, that was the WrestleVotes tweet. So I don't think they've actually made an offer to him. Shots fired. I'm I'm, going to trust uh, Sean Ross Sapp on this one versus the WrestleVotes Twitter. Well, Randy has a relationship with Cody Rhodes. I mean, I think... It was less than two weeks ago he tweeted at him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Something about they missed working together or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see that happening. And we've talked on the show before about AJ. Now, that was another thing going around. Um, 
some site, it wasn't like a major site, but some site had a story out there marketing an exclusive that AJ had reached an agreement on a new contract that it wasn't signed yet, but they had reached an agreement. He was sticking with WWE. And again, like alarms go off in my head because if he hasn't signed it yet, you're basically just reiterating what everyone expects anyways. Like everyone's expecting AJ Styles to remain with WWE. So you just write down what everyone expects and label it an exclusive story. I'm not sure that's actually a story. And then AJ gets on his Twitter page and shot that one down himself. He's been doing that a lot. He didn't really like that Dave Meltzer. Yeah, that was the next either. one. And by the injured. way, Randy Orton, what an absolute beaut he was this morning. Saying, hey, AJ, how's your hernia? Yeah. Dave is really, I think you started a trend on this podcast, Kyle. Everyone's well, no, I mean, the, WWE, the, the WWE is going to take shots at Dave whatever <laughs> they can. I mean, Dave, was cra- it was funny. Dave was like, well, that's what the you know injury report that they gave me said. Since so, when does WWE send out injury reports? That was kind of intriguing. I, I, I had no idea until this week that Meltzer got a injury report from WWE. I assume he's not making that up. I mean, that would be an odd thing to do. Yeah. My God, I hope Justin Joint keeps his pants on over there. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> well, all that talk about a hernia. Uh, <laughs> Those of you watching on YouTube, Justin just sat down his yeah. laptop for a second. We saw his lower half. But luckily... He's wearing sweatpants, I believe. Yeah. Carry well, on. Anyway, I want, to talk, I want to talk about what's far more interesting here, and that because it's going to apply to a lot of people. Like you said, you know, we've heard with the Usos. And, you know, some people are running wild with this freaking Undertaker. I mean, come on. Because <laughs> meet just Mark Calloway. Yeah, yeah. My God, he's in the impact zone. Um, but you know, and people were trying to connect the dots because there was reports he's not working mania this year, whatever. But anytime we're gonna see these things, oh, such and such is kind of unhappy with their spot in WWE. Might they be the next one to go to AEW? Two things to consider. One, that's a very uh good bargaining chip if you're an existing WWE talent. Mm-hmm. Two, it speaks to a concept that I've mentioned each of the last two weeks on this program, and it will mention now for third street week. Freedom of movement has been completely missing from wrestling for 20 years. Look at a guy like Randy Orton, and I still, I mean, it's not even like 30% that Randy Orton would do AEW. I thought a lot of people were having fun on Twitter that night, though, after that story broke, talking about, you know, (laughs) how funny it would be to see Randy in AEW, and there were a lot of funny memes. But um, Randy Orton's career arc, say what you will about Randy Orton, Really, the only person in the history of wrestling who can share his career is John Cena. 16, what, what is it? I mean, Randy came on the main roster in 2002. So it's six, it was mid-2002, if I remember, fall. It was after the brand split. So we're looking at 16-plus years, same company, basically at the same level. Now, he's vacillated face and heel, where John's basically been a baby face the whole time. But, you know, so... <laughs> That just didn't happen in the old, quote-unquote, old days. So, you know, when people all of a sudden, oh, Randy Orton, that'd be fun, it speaks to the lack of freedom of movement that has existed in wrestling for a long time. It's interesting when you talk about the past like that because when you when you compare, like, the time periods, you know, to those 80s and 90s periods and you think about how long some of these guys have been around WWE now and it just dwarfs the runs that anyone had back, like, whether it's Brett or Sean or of course Hogan, Macho, like man, they've been around so much longer now than those guys ever were in the old WWF, and so I don't know. It's because, it's just crazy how it works out because Vince doesn't want to let people go. Yeah, because he gave up on Hogan, Savage, and Piper 
too early. Now, ultimately, it would, it, that wound up screwing WCW because they didn't move on from him. I mean, Vince was actually right to move on from all those guys. He just probably did it a couple years too early. Um, and I'm not saying Randy Orton's in a position where he is like over the hill and done and can't have good matches because he can clearly if he's if he's motivated. But you know, I mean, like I said, Randy Orton and John Cena are two truly unique people in the history of this business uh, in terms of career arcs. Because no one, I mean, name anyone else in the history of wrestling that stayed with the same promotion for 16 years. Yeah, well, if you look I mean, at... I mean, I, I mean, I guess Vern Gagne in the AWA, if you want to talk, or like Fritz Von Erich down in Texas, if you want to talk about guys that the promotion and John would fit more of that bill than Randy, to be honest. Because the pro, WWE, for more or less, has been built around John C. Yeah, yeah, outside of like, in there from that older generation, like Taker and Sean and, and Hunter... Yeah, then oh, it's... yeah, well, then Taker, but yeah, but here's the thing how long has Taker been a part? Taker's been part time basically since 2010. Yeah, last year he wrestled more matches than he has since 2015, and in between there, he was wrestling like once or twice a year. Yeah, he, he worked mania, and Triple yeah. H is an executive, so yeah. Well, I was gonna say, drawing the comparison, if you take Hogan's run with wwf if you start with like when he won the title from the iron sheik in the garden in 84 take that entire wwf run add on his wcw run combined i think randy orton's been with wwe right now longer than that entire run wwf and wcw combined pretty uh, crazy to think about actually yeah you're right well <laughs> 84 nuts. you're talking january of 84 and you know he left WCW television for good at that Bash of the Beach angle, right? Because he got in a lawsuit with Russo. He did come back after that. Was that 2000? Yeah, in J July. I don't think he appeared after that, right? Right. So it would be 16 and a half years, which is basically where Orton is now. Yeah. Yeah, craziness. So if we think about guys on the WWE roster that we'd like to see in AEW, Justin, is there anyone that really pops out to you that you would like to see make a jump? Uh, actually, Randy Orton, I, I, I almost more than anybody, he needs something new or fresh to do and just get away from WWE, do do something different. Um, plus, it'd be really interesting to be like uh, seeing uh, great Kali and on 205 Live with him and all those tiny indie wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> true. That's definitely true for a lot of them. Uh, what about like uh, the revival, Usos, any of them guys? Because they they mentioned yeah. tonight they're going to put a greater emphasis on tag team wrestling. Yeah, well, that's a big thing that they've been talking about. Yeah, the Usos you talk about again, been in the same place for a long time, and you know they don't get a main. So you could understand that because they'd be put almost into a main event position immediately. Yeah, in AEW, and it'd be, and I'd like to really see them work the Young Bucks in AEW too because I think they'll lead up the Young Bucks and. <laughs> <laughs> I think pretty much anyone on the 205 Live brand too would be in a much more featured position on AEW. Like any anyone on that roster would be great. Hey, what love Drew Gulak on NXT this past week. Justin, you want to share your highlight from NXT this oh. week? Oh my god, I actually I was going to criticize the your your intro into this podcast because it should actually be, you know, welcome to Top Rope Nation, the official uh fan uh, podcast of eric 
Bugenhagen. <laughs> the next great big thing. <laughs> Maybe I should add that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to start scripting that intro because sometimes I just have no idea what I'm gonna say. And if I could just put his name in there and write it down so I read it correctly, Maybe it'd be solid every week. Yeah. I, I watched it twice last <laughs> night. I have not watched it yet. I, I turned on NXT and I watched uh, the first little bit of the show. And I, I was kind of like you. I was just wiped yesterday and I could not stay up. And I kept falling asleep and I eventually went to bed. But I, I am going to watch it. I researched him a little bit today. I think we were texting about it with his background, with his YouTube channel and lifting and everything. And it seems like an interesting character. So a lot of people are pretty high on him. Yeah, I mean, the people like J.J. Williams and stuff that attend all those sh house shows have been giving them, like, really positive reviews um, in the previous week or two before that. So I wasn't surprised to see him get over. I cannot wait for him and Elias to feud on the main roster. You know, when okay. Elias, the artiste, you know, <laughs> is just disgusted. Assuming also he's not still feuding with Jeff Jarrett. Also, if, if you do fire up that NXT episode, uh, check out Matt Riddle versus Drew Gulak. Oh, yeah. That, that was, was so fantastic. good. Yeah, that was, I, I was going to mention that, too. It, it, yeah, after yeah, um, the Bugenhagen-Gulak match, yeah, Riddle comes out, and the old cat, catch point explodes, if you will go back to the Evolve days. Oh, yeah. Um, Kyle, we were going to hit on the, the earnings reporter a little bit, and I, I kind of glossed over it a little bit. Uh, you mentioned you wanted to talk about it a little bit. Anything really stand out use to you? Because WWE released their fourth quarter earnings report, fourth quarter of, of last year, 2018 today. Uh, very profitable, as always. Uh, was it one of their biggest profits ever? Was it their biggest profit? The big, yeah, it was number one. It was the most profitable yeah. year in company history. Yeah. So, which, uh, not, which was as awesome as that is, it was not surprising. Right. And then their it, network it, subscriptions are pretty flat, right? About where they've been. Was 1.5 they're not announcing a number after mania which was interesting you know a lot of people took it the way where they're like we're so happy with the numbers for the network that we're not going to be announcing it anymore that's weird because they'd always inflate it for mania get all the free users on board well that and has the wwe ever missed an opportunity to pat itself on the back no that's <laughs> like, that is pretty bizarre yeah so i that was not, so here's the thing um whatever the the press conference we just saw was was the press conference this earnings report was the earnings reports in that had a lot of fun stuff. Maybe you were excited. You should be excited, but it was all very predictable because of the Saudi Arabia shows. Of course it was going to be their most profitable year. I mean, you look at quarter two and quarter four, which is when they ran the Saudi Arabia shows. There's a huge $50 million spike in each of those quarters. Yeah. There you have it. Um, you know, I think, the lesson here is WWE has done something no other promotion in history has been able to do. They make money despite or in spite of creative. It doesn't matter, really. You know, every other wrestling promotion in history before the modern WWE, their success was tied to creative. This one has found revenue streams uh, that support it uh, where they do not necessarily need to rely on creative. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned earlier you thought for AEW the brand was going to be the drawing uh, card there, which it probably will be in the early days for sure. And then they'll have to sustain it with whoever's on the roster and the stories that they got going and everything. But yeah, that's been the case for WWE for a long time. Is the brand's really been the draw, you know? So I mean, we see that in the earnings report. I was trying to find 
the highlights here to to find if there was anything really that we should there really is i mean the bottom line i mean look it's the most profitable year ever that's great but it's because i mean it's like very obvious why they yeah. and you know i think the big thing is that it was 50 million per show they got from saudi arabia yeah true so i mean you know they're just gonna keep when those tv when the fox tv deal kicks in next year and they're doing more shows in Saudi Arabia. I mean, they're going to keep making money hand over fist. I mean, people who want to, like, you know, do podcasts and write blogs about the demise of the WWE being imminent, uh, you, you better pay attention to facts because I don't think that's the case. And, you know, Fox, you know, they did their conference call talking about the relationship with WWE. And it seemed like it's very serious. It's going to be stuff on FS1. Maybe NXT goes to FS1. It's uh, been the rumor for a while. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, WWE, I mean, you say what you will about their creative if it, you don't like it or whatever, but they're in, financially, they're in very good shape with these revenue streams. Something I thought was interesting was the Fox executive saying SmackDown on Friday nights is not permanent. Did you guys see that? That was yesterday, maybe? He said yeah, yeah. The, the Friday night thing is not, a, is not a permanent move that they'll probably move at nights eventually, so... I don't know what's going to happen there, but that's been all the talk is, is SmackDown moving to Friday nights and how that's going to affect uh, the schedule that WWE works. And there was some talk about how that would mess up like pay-per-view weekends, especially the big ones that they do with, uh, you know, like Survivor Series, Rumble Mania, SummerSlam. Well, yeah, I mean, SmackDown, to be honest with you, it's actually better for SmackDown to be a lead-in for that weekend because I think those four-day weekends when SmackDown's bringing up the rear, I mean, I've done, you know, I know you guys did well. Any no, actually, I I jetted, to be honest with you, in uh, uh, Orlando. I didn't stay for SmackDown, but I mean, people are gassed by that point a lot of times. Mm -hmm. You know, about SmackDown. You know, when it's that fourth show of the weekend. Yeah. Um, so, I I think it'll actually help SmackDown to be like a, a strong go home show. Yeah. So, do yeah. we think they would move it to like Thursdays or back to Tuesday? Any ideas here? Because with reportedly AEW is looking at Tuesday night. I have no, I mean, it, that all depends on Fox's programming. I, I would think if it's not going to be Friday, you would think almost certainly it's going to be Thursday. No, because they have football. No, that's like, true. Oh, or wait, or. That's NFL yeah. Network, isn't it? No, no, because that, that was Florida the big Fox. deal. Yeah. yeah, that was the big deal because with Friday is that they're going to tease it on the NFL broadcast. Unless they do a tape, then I, if it's not going to be Friday, I can't see it being any other night than Tuesday, because then what do you do? You have the middle of the week, Wednesday, you run a live show, and that completely messes up their routing with the weekend house shows. Then the, then the workers don't get any time off at all. I, I would be surprised if it actually moves. I mean, I, they're going to say I would be surprised if it moves. From Friday. Friday seems like, you know, if it's going to be on a network TV, it seems like a good night, because Fox probably doesn't have, I, I don't watch Fox's primetime programming at all. So I have no idea right now what <laughs> yeah. what show I that, you know, that Matt LeBlanc comedy, alleged comedy. I mean, um whatever they've got on there, but it's you know, I'm sure they don't put their heavy hitters on Friday night. I think I think they should move it to Mondays to compete with USA's Raw. <laughs> <laughs> then they can what really like si simulate competition within their own company. Yeah. Duh. I don't know. I guess there is there is logistical problems with Friday night, though, because, like I said, those extended weekends when they have access and everything, that's going to be a problem to do a Friday a Friday night SmackDown show. But uh, 
we shall see. Or like WrestleMania weekend when you got the Hall of Fame and you got NXT. How's that work? So those are problems for them yeah, to deal with. That, that, that is an interesting one, yeah. So how do you, yeah, how do you format that? I don't know. But that, yeah, if you move it from Friday, I don't know what you do then other than if it's not Thursday, you think it has to be Tuesday. So we shall see. Um, guys, before we wrap it up this week, we're, there's one more topic we're going to talk about. And I haven't, I haven't really talked with you guys about this in advance. So I'm going to just throw kind of a historical question at you and get you thinking. Uh -oh. Um, as we talked about WrestleMania and the build toward main events, I'll give you a second to think. I'm going to tell you right now, and then I'm going to explain a few things. So in a second, I'm going to ask you, if you think back to your younger days watching pro wrestling and the build to WrestleMania, we know how hot this angle is right now with Becky and Ronda. What what are your, some of your biggest memories or best memories as far as WrestleMania main events that you got the most excited for and that the build was awesome and you really anticipated for weeks if not months and months so i'll ask you in a second i'll let you guys think i did want to say next I week you, i love how you think that i actually need to think about this and spend, <laughs> like spend like seven hours i don't want to put you on i don't want to put you on the spot yeah. so i'll let you i'll let you toss that around in your mind for a second but i do want to say next week uh we will be doing our elimination chamber preview show as usual the week before a pay-per-view crazy that that pay-per-view is already coming up then we got fast lane in march and then wrestlemania Which i'll be at live by the way fast really and you you didn't invite myself and justin to attend with you uh, awkward silence <laughs> maybe just maybe we would have now you'll never know because you didn't ask i tell bad. you that was a bad play <laughs> it was a bad play. There was a situation. Tickets. I oops. I, I don't know. I just said yes. I, I wasn't oh my thinking. goodness! I'll yeah. remember this one, Kyle Ross. Oh boy. <laughs> well, okay. So, anyways, we're going to be doing the preview show for Elimination Chamber next week. We may have a guest on with us. It's in the works right now. I don't want to announce anything yet, but it's a guy I've been wanting to get on the show for a long time. Been talking with him, so hopefully he can join us next week. We'll have four of us on. My God. Uh, yeah, and Chris Van Vliet last week, which was a great show. He's got some good new interviews up on his YouTube channel. I think he just put up one with Mickey James yesterday or today. Uh, he had a Baron Corbin one up right after he did Top Rope Nation last week. Where Baron Corbin said he wants a head tattoo like Bam Bam Bigelow. I think he talked about that on the show with us. And, then the, and then the video went up, so that was interesting. But check out Chris's stuff as always and then uh next week hopefully we'll be joined by another guest and we'll be breaking down elimination chamber all right so kyle's pretty sure of his choice here so just oh, i don't know i could have just babbled incoherently is all i said I, i'm actually <laughs> whittling it down so I i'm gonna care. oh i'm gonna go to uh justin first so thinking back to those wrestlemania builds the main events what were some of your more anticipated wrestlemanias you know it's weird because three popped up in my head right away and they are all baby face versus baby face main events interesting um, obviously the rock versus stone cold wrestlemania uh, 17 mm -hmm. um and maybe that one's not even so much the build as it was just that the promo package yeah uh, for that match Made uh, good. The uh, Iron Man match, WrestleMania 12, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. I, I, I know it was really cheesy, but that match was so exciting to me that that's what got me back into wrestling after a hiatus. And then uh, as a kid, 
it just seemed unfathomable to see Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan WrestleMania six. Which once again that that one didn't really have much of a build, just like a little interaction at Royal Rumble and some run ins at some other matches, but um those are ones that just felt huge to me. Nice choices. Kyle? Hogan-Andre was like the first big match that I ever saw built as a wrestling fan. So that will always hold us. But like, I just remember watching the whole Piper's Pit. Like that would have been like within the first two to three months I watched wrestling. So I just remember watching that the whole stuff go down of Piper's Pit and just like being having my mind blown at this idea that this like this match was going to happen at some time. And I remember like asking my uncle or something, I was like, man, did you hear who won Hogan or Andre? He's like, Hogan, he slammed him. And I was like, like, so that, that always holds a special place. Uh, Hogan warrior. It's funny that Justin mentioned that that was probably my first smarky comment I ever made was the build up to that match where my dad who's not a big wrestling fan at all. Um, came down and he saw his watch. He's like, Hogan Warrior. He's like, who do you think's going to win this? I'm like, oh, I hope Warrior, but stupid Hogan always wins. So um, there, there's that. Uh, and guess what? I was right. Warrior won. Oops, that didn't work out though. Uh, and then a more modern example. Hmm. I'll tell you, I really look forward to Daniel Bryan winning the title of WrestleMania 30. Really yeah. don't Really don't want to talk about who I look forward to winning the title of WrestleMania 20. That was probably scratch that one from the record. The man who shall not be named. Yes. And, and you know, two main events that don't, uh, I won't, I don't know if personally these would be high for me, but two main events that do not get enough love, I think, in the pantheon of WrestleMania main events are the first Austin Rock main event at 15. Now, that show itself is like the most dismal undercard of any mania ever. It just got the stench of Russo all over it. But I watched the Raw from the night after Survivor Series 98, like earlier this week, or at least the Austin Rock interactions, the opening segment and the match they had, which basically set the stage for the, you know, them to do a rematch with man. Unbelievable stuff there. And then Triple H Batista does not get enough love as a, as a WrestleMania main event. That was a tremendous build. Um, I would also throw out there, and this once again just be because of the promo, uh, Triple H and Randy Orton for WrestleMania 25. That that has a really good promo going into that match. That Have was you, that, that was the was one with the, ACDC. Yeah, that was the last time I was really into anything Randy Orton was doing on TV, to be honest. But that was a really good angle. I actually well, really enjoyed. The, that. The only problem with that one, though, is that like with every passing week, I actually got less interested in the match. I don't know. I was I was pretty I had sustained interest personally, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good stuff. Um for me Oh, and Sean and the the take the street versus uh career. Sean versus that was very very well done. Sean and Yeah. Oh yeah. If I'm thinking back to childhood, you know, I'm not a lot of those early ones I saw years later, so I can't really say like in the moment I was excited for them. Um you know, I kind of vaguely remember watching the stuff leading Savage Savage and Hogan. I think if I was older at the time, that was really well built. I would have been pretty pumped for that. And I think Hogan Warriors, the first one that I really remember being excited for as a kid. Um, and then I think Flair Savage, I, I was really interested in what was going on there with the Liz connection and everything, even at a young age. 
Um, but then that didn't even actually main event the show. I guess it was a double main event. But the first one that I really got hooked on and was talking to people at school a lot about and stuff was definitely the Iron Man match that Justin mentioned in 96. I thought, I thought all the promos for that leading up to it were so good. And I loved like the training montages they did, even though Brett joked about them years later. I was going to say, say, Brett Hart's yeah. not like it. Just didn't yeah, like see, it. I, I guess as a, as a teenager, I didn't really... I didn't find any problem with him like running on the ice. I just thought it was cool. There's a rugged hitman up in Canada. It's cold out and he's running outside. I didn't think as deeply yeah, about it. That was Justin, very bitter. Justin's not in his head. I he didn't I mean, I didn't think anything of it at the time. I thought there's Bret Hart jogging outside in freezing weather. I didn't think it was silly. Yeah, I mean, I had a poster on my wall of Bret Hart in his uh full Canadian tuxedo out in the Canadian wilderness, you know, hanging from my yeah, wall. I know the one you're talking I think, about. I just think it's fascinating that both of you talk about like everyone talking at school, but I'm actually like, no one at my school was talking about WWE at that point. I, I well, not like everyone, but I had a few friends that were into okay. it that we would talk yeah. about. Uh, yeah. Um, so that one, yeah, I remember going to school the next day talking about how I for an hour I sat there listening to the scrambled channel because I didn't get the pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that one i was and i love the whole the jose lothario rest in peace uh stuff they were doing with sean and training in san antonio and everything um and then yeah, two years later i thought the build to michaels and yeah. austin was awesome with mike tyson that i was jacked for that one and then uh to echo kind of what kyle was saying a second ago the first rock austin match the build to that was I don't know. It was kind of underwhelming because it was it was like one of the most predictable WrestleMania main events of all time, I thought at the time. But then 17 was awesome. Like Justin mentioned, you know, the Limp Biscuit My Way video was tremendous and really enjoyed that. So Although yeah, all of that and the sit down Jim Ross did, there wasn't a ton to that. Remember Deborah is the Rock's manager? Yeah, there's an something that people do not talk about with WrestleMania 17 enough. I think creatively and build wise, it is one of the actually worst built WrestleManias of all time. I think just the videos were so well done that that's something that romanticizes everything for sure. But um, yeah, I, I just I think I was underwhelmed with 15 two years earlier and WrestleMania 15 as a whole just wasn't a great show. And so I was kind of excited what they could do the second time around. Plus, Austin had just missed all that time being gone for surgery. So there was the excitement of him coming back and everything. So, um, But I will say in recent years, yeah, this Becky Lynch-Ronda Rousey match is, is right up there as far as the excitement. Um, still behind what happened with Brian, though, at, at 30. That was in recent years. That was one of my more favorite uh, builds, I think. So any other comments from you guys before we wrap this up? No one mentioned Roman Reigns Triple H. No, for good reason. <laughs> so um, I felt like this week WWE television was kind of like placeholding and it, nothing like too exciting happened outside of the Becky Ronda stuff and uh, just kind of treading water until they get to the go home shows next week. So I didn't, I didn't really have a lot to talk about with TV this week. So we're just kind of throwing topics at the wall here. <laughs> kind of a random episode of Top Row Nation, but. Hopefully you guys enjoyed tuning in. Any other comments you guys had before I wrap it up? Come on, Indiana. Eric Bugenhagen forever. Yeah, there you go. Um, I did want to mention, by the way, we are, I haven't mentioned this in a long time, but we are live streaming right now on Patreon. Um, and so we put this YouTube video out on Fridays for everybody to watch, as well as the podcast. 
Um, but if you want to watch us record it live, including the bloopers, you're not seeing this, but before I went on the air, I messed up the intro. I had to re-record it. If you want to chat along with us as we record the episode, you can go to patreon.com slash nation. If you sign up to become a patron there, you can get access to the exclusive live cast every single week. Um, there's other, other bonus material that we have done in the past, uh, top rope nation classics. We talked a lot about classic wrestling tonight. We did two of these last fall, late summer, where we reviewed some old wrestling shows, uh, SummerSlam 91 and SummerSlam 97. And so those are exclusively available on Patreon and we wanted to do more of those, but honestly, we don't really have a huge following on Patreon yet. So to kind of kickstart that, I put out a tweet earlier today. Um, there's different levels you can donate to the show if you like what we're doing to show your support. There's a $1 tier, $1 a month, $5, $10, and so on. Um, I said today, if you like the show and you, if you join the one month, $10 tier, I will go ahead and send you a free Top Rope Nation shirt in the mail. Now, these shirts usually are $20. So you sign up for $10 at Patreon, you get that t-shirt which kyle is wearing right now on the broadcast actually you can see it down there on, on the youtube version you'll get one of those shirts plus you get all the exclusives that you would always get being a patron just to kind of jump start this thing get some of you guys signed up and maybe we can start putting out more content more exclusive content but weekly you always get that live cast so if you're interested patreon.com slash top rope nation you can get that shirt this is february only if you sign up at the ten dollar tier all the information's there course follow us on twitter at top rope nation you can find me at historical ryan kyle's at trp kyle and justin's at justin joint j-o-y-n-t fuck man if you give me a dollar i'll talk about all 34 wrestlemanias in a row <laughs> there you go so uh yeah i mean it's it's been a good week for us chris being on last week really you know got our exposure up there we love having you guys rate the show if you go on itunes we will read your review um on air that's one of the other things we do which by the way i think someone left us a review today i should have read that on the air i'll read it next week so between now and then leave us a review on itunes i'll read it on the air next week as part of our elimination chamber preview show and so expect that next friday morning so we will talk to you guys then enjoy your weekend thanks for tuning in to episode 84 top rope nation catch you next time i just signed with AEW. <laughs> credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.